0: chapter 6 a few verses of scripture and the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha behold now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us let us go we pray thee unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make a place there where we may dwell and he answered go ye and one said be content I pray thee and go with thy servants and he answered I will go So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe fell, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in the water, cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and he took it. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) There is so, so much teaching instruction in this passage of scripture. But I can only share with you today what I felt the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me. For the last several days I've been hearing these words and feeling these words in my spirit. Something is missing. Something is missing. Now, how many's ever eaten something? I, I've told my wife many times that her mom made what to me was the best Thanksgiving dressing in the world. It was just out of this world. it was just. And other things, too. She was a tremendous cook. And uh, I, her roast would melt in your mouth. I'd make myself hungry. i better get on, get on past this. Uh, but then I would eat somebody else's dressing and uh, look the same, but when I tasted it, if something was missing. Something was missing. And how many know that when you taste something, it looks the same, it's supposed to be the same thing, but it tastes different, immediately you know something is missing. Now you can still eat it. It won't kill you. It won't poison you. But it's bland in comparison. You see what I'm saying? It's bland. I mean, no bland, oh, I help me Lord Jesus. Tasteless. <laughs> It leaves you disappointed and let down. In other words, your taste buds were ready for a party, but instead they experienced a funeral. (laughs) Now we will swing it over to the spiritual. If you've never tasted the real thing, if you've never tasted the best, you can be satisfied with a substitute. You can be satisfied with an imitation. But once you've tasted the best, once you've tasted the authentic, and you've tasted the real thing, you can never be satisfied with an imitation. You know immediately something is missing. You understand what I'm saying? You with me? We're all together on this? Not too deep? You understand immediately something is missing. But if you stay with the imitation long enough, the substitute long enough, you can get adjusted to it and you can get used to it. And sad to say, friends, that's exactly what has happened to many of God's people today They have had the imitation, they've had the substitute, and they've gotten used to it. But thank God, when you're exposed to the authentic again, you recognize what you've been missing. Glory to God. Everybody say, something's missing. Say, "I I want it back. Now, I can't speak for everyone today, but I'm going to speak for myself. For the last few weeks, I've been tasting something. I've been tasting the authentic again. And I can tell you that I have been become thankfully and painfully aware that something has been missing. Something has been missing in our churches for a long time. Something's been missing in our churches and something's been missing in our lives and something's been missing in my life. And I want to talk to you for a little bit today about what is missing. Something is missing. And I'm going to start by saying to you in this house, if you think nothing is missing, then your spiritual case buds are dead and they need to be resurrected. Yes. Because, my friend, there is something missing in the house of God. What is missing? In our text and in the scripture that I read to you today, there was a young prophet. He had borrowed an axe. He was working with the axe. While he was working hard at it, cutting down the tree, the head fell off of the handle. It flew off of the handle and went into a water hole. It sunk to the bottom immediately the young prophet recognizes something is missing. This is not working like it used to. I'm not getting the job done. It's not effective anymore. He could have just kept on going through the motions and swinging that old handle, but he refused to continue without the axe head. He refused to continue without the cutting power. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost working in this house. You could, of course, say, he. of course he recognizes that the axe head was gone. It would have been ridiculous to continue working and swinging an axe handle with no cutting power. But to tell you the truth, my friend, it happens all the time in churches all over the country. It happens where people are doing what they do and going through the motions and they got the activity, but there's no power and there's no anointing and there's no fire and there's no life. That axe head represents the anointing. It makes our work effective. It makes our work productive. And it gives us supernatural results. He immediately quit trying to accomplish the work in his own strength and his own ability. And his words to the prophet were very interesting. He said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. In other words, we don't own this. We don't own This blessed Holy Spirit. We don't own this blessed anointing. We don't own this blessed presence and and power that we sense and that we feel in the house of God. and we feel in our lives. It is borrowed. It is a gift. It belongs to another. It is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And He simply entrusts us with this anointing so we can do His work. Jesus understood it. He said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind." to set at liberty them that are bruised, uh, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, it was to do something. The anointing was to do something. The Spirit is to do something. The anointing is that touch of God upon a thing or upon a person that produces supernatural results. Uh, The anointing of God's Holy Spirit is the only power that can deliver. It's the only power that can heal. It's the only power that can produce miracles. Miracle. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. Shandalabaha. One of the greatest tragedies of the modern day Christianity is we've lost the ability to discern when the anointing is present and when it's absent. And the result is we carry on with all kinds of activities and performances that are carnal, that are fleshly, that are birthed out of human effort and human wisdom. But we do it without the power and without the anointing of God. Now listen now. Not that it's all evil. Not that it's all wicked. Not that it's all sinful. I go to churches sometimes. I've been to churches. I've been to a lot of churches over the years as an evangelist, especially. But I've gone to churches, especially in recent years. It seems like somehow the Holy Spirit, he's gotten I think I'm being facetious, okay? like he's gotten a little older now, you know, and he's mellowed out, and he wants the lights a little bit lower. And so now, instead of the lights being bright, the lights are real dim, and you can barely see. But that's so the Holy Spirit will not be scared off. So, I'm, 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 you know, I'm being facetious, you understand, tongue-in-cheek, I am being facetious, but I am also speaking truthfully. I've been in churches where I come in there and I thought I thought, well, you know, I'll just go up there and shake a hand or two, you know, before a service and I walked in there was so dark I couldn't even see a hand or two. Ooh. No joke. It's so dark I couldn't see anything. It was lit up on the platform, but the rest of the church is dark. Lord, Lord. Now, again, that's not evil. That's not evil. To set that mood, to set that atmosphere, and maybe, maybe even they might even have some really beautiful blue and and red and green lights and, and smoke machines going and everything. And, and that's not evil. It's not evil. You see what I'm saying? That's not that's not wicked. You can't say what a wicked thing to have in the house of God. No, it's just a smoke machine. It ain't hurting anything. It's just lights. It ain't hurting anything. Nothing. Nothing. nothing evil about. It. The problem is, is when all of those things become a replacement. And all of those things now are what we are all doing. And everybody thinks this is what we do. This is what we do because this is how we get it. My friends, that's not how we get it. I'm going to tell you how we get it. It's the same way they got it in olden days. It never changed. It's still on your knees and on your face before God. It's still crying out to God. It's still pushing your plate away every once in a while and saying, no, I'm going to seek God because I'm more hungry for God than I am for food right now. I want the presence of God more than I want that steak, more than I want that fish, more than I want those potatoes, more than I want those carrots. And Means. I want the presence, I want the power, I want the anointing of God, and then my friend, it don't matter if you got the lights down low, or it don't matter if they're bright, it don't matter if you got smoke machine or don't got smoke machine, you can have the presence and the power of God, because He will come! Amen! Hallelujah. Thank you
1: Lord,
0: It's not that that's evil, but the evil thing is and the wicked thing is when we lean on those things as though those things make it happen. They never have, and they never will. Because it's not a question of how talented you are. It's not a question of how good you can sing, how good you can play it, your instrument, or even preach or teach. The only question we should be asking ourselves is, where is the anointing? It doesn't matter how entertaining it is, how cutting edge it is, how popular it is. There's only one thing we should be asking. Is it anointed? Where is the anointing? Are they anointed? Are you anointed? Jesus tells us in His own words, He said the things that I do, if I by the Spirit of God cast out devils. He said it's the Spirit of God that enables me and empowers me to cast out devils. Acts 10 and 38 said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all the world, first of the devil. For God was with Him. How did He do it? By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Same thing, same way you do it, same way I do it, same way anyone does it, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The healings, the miracles, the deliverances, the feeding of the multitudes, the walking on the water, the calming of the storms, was all accomplished by the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Although Jesus was the Son of God from his birth, he never did a miracle or anything of supernatural character or dimension until after he was anointed with the Holy Ghost in River Jordan. After Jesus was baptized in Jordan and the Holy Spirit descended on him on the form of a dove, in the form of a dove, immediately he begins to perform miracles, cast out devils, heal the sick, and do supernatural feats and wonders. Why? Because of the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. the anointing. In Isaiah 10 and 27, you know the Bible says, In that day shall his burden depart from off thy shoulders and the yoke from off of thy neck, because the yoke shall be destroyed because, huh, because of the what? the anointing. Nothing less than the anointing can destroy the works of the devil. Not talent, not skill, not wisdom, not ability of man. None of these things. None of these things. Not smoke machines, not mirrors. Oh, shut up. you God in this house. None of these things can break Satan's power over your life. None of these things can set a demoniac free. It takes the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Nothing less than the anointing can convict of sin. That's why we have churches today where nobody has ever convicted of sin. You can do anything you want to do, think anything you want to think, act any way you want to act, go anywhere you want to go, and do anything you want to do. The devil is a liar, my friend. The devil is a liar. We're supposed to be right. We're supposed to walk right, talk right, live right, think right, and speak right. And spit white. Right. Nothing less than the anointing can heal the wounded soul. Nothing less than the anointing can deliver the bound and the oppressed and set the captives free. Nothing less than the anointing can remove heavy burdens. The young prophet immediately recognizes something is missing. Immediately. He identifies, I am not effective anymore. There's no power in this. There's no fire in this. There's no unction in this. There's no edge in this. And friend, he wanted it back. I believe this should be the motto of every church. The requirement that God that enters by fire, let him be God. The God that answers by fire, let Him be God. In other words, we're not going to accept anything that doesn't carry the fire of God. We don't want anything unless heaven testifies to it. So many today are looking for the altars or the churches with the most people. They're judging everything by what is most popular, what is most attractive, what is most socially accepted, what is everybody doing. But friend, let me tell you something. Popularity has never been the mark or the distinguishing factor of that which is of God. It's the anointing that bears witness of what is of God and what is not of God. It's not about how popular it is. It's not about what everybody else is doing. It's about the anointing of God. And the most important thing is the anointing. If you're the only one in town that's doing it, if you're the only one in the state that's doing it, but God's power is there and God's anointing is there, then stay with what God has anointed and stay with the anointing. A lot of churches have died because they saw what somebody else was doing and they left the path that God had put them on. Said this is what everybody else is doing and it's working, so we're gonna do that. They started rolling their cart and the ark on a new cart. And the anointing lifts. Ah bah satai. Where there's a cathedral whether it's an arena filled with 100,000 people, or whether it's under a brush arbor or a barn with sawdust on the floor or a tent, the one distinguishing, identifying factor that God is in it now and always has been is the anointing. If the anointing is there, heaven will invade that place. Miracles will happen. Bondages will be broken. The sick will be healed. Lives will be changed forever. But so many today are being pacified with look-alikes uh, and sound uh, with imposters uh, and impersonators. Uh-huh. And many believers and churches are mistaking charisma for the anointing and talent uh, and passion and excitement as a replacement uh, for the fire of God on the altar. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Not just excitement, but liberty. Not just enthusiasm, but freedom. Deliverance, breakthrough, healing, salvation, transformation, miracles. So where the anointing is, there is liberty. Whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. The anointing is the liberating power of God. The anointing liberates the mind. It liberates the emotions. It liberates the brokenhearted. It liberates the homosexual. It liberates the drug addict. It liberates from anger and resentment and jealousy. It liberates from unforgiveness. It liberates the one who is bound by the spirit of lust and pornography. The anointing liberates those who have been in captivity to sickness and disease. And it liberates those who are bound in religion and tradition. The anointing is still the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Without the anointing, we may have church. Without the anointing, we may have entertainment. Without the anointing, we may have excitement. And we may even have a crowd. But without the anointing, we will not have liberty. We will not have freedom. And we will not have power. It is not by might nor by power. But by my spirit. saith the Lord of hosts. David understood this wonderful anointing. He said I shall be anointed with fresh oil. David knew how important it was. To have a fresh anointing in his life. He knew. I cannot afford to try to operate on an outdated anointing. Friend, let me tell you something. Your anointing and my anointing has an expiration date. That expiration date is yesterday. Yesterday was good. Yesterday you were anointed. Yesterday you got what you prayed for. Yesterday you had the touch of heaven on your life. But today is a new day, my friend, and that anointing of yesterday expired yesterday, and you've got to get a fresh anointing. You've got to get in the pre- oh, you gotta get in the presence of God again today. You've got to get on your face again today. You've got to get in the Word of God again today, and you've got to get a fresh anointing, and you've got to get a fresh fire, and you've got to get a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. yesterday's anointing is expired God made it that way on purpose he said give us this day our daily bread he doesn't want you trying to live on yesterday's manna he doesn't want you trying to Work and walk on yesterday's anointing. Yeah. It, it gets old. It stinks. And I've told the story before, but still. Sometimes they take that oil that's been up there for 35 years. You come up there to get anointed. And they stick their finger down in there. Put that anointing on your forehead. And it's not the Holy Ghost that knocks you out. 35 year old bottle of oil, because it has to be refreshed it has to be replenished what is missing what is missing this is what the Holy Spirit's been showing me it's been missing in the local church today it's been missing in many of our lives to tell the truth I want to say something to you I've been under conviction that we could ever think for a minute that we can move forward without it. I heard this. Something is missing. This is what I, what I was speaking of my spirit. Thought, oh yes. What's missing? What's missing? What's missing? What's missing? We've tasted the authentic. What's missing? What's missing? And I heard these words. Passion is missing. Zeal for God. True spiritual hunger. You don't see true spiritual I could stay on every one of these things I'm going to say for probably 30, 45 minutes. You don't see true spiritual hunger in the house of God today. Go to Africa. Go to the Philippines. Go to India where they'll walk 10 and 15 and 20 miles to hear a man of God preach and teach. That's hunger. In our churches today, We don't think of the word like that. We don't think think of it as being that important. We don't think of it as being being that necessary. We don't think of it as being that desperate of of a situation. And we really, to tell the truth, are not that hungry. True spiritual hunger. True spiritual hunger. That's missing. A burden. A burden. We've just begun to taste again the blessing of a burden from God. Travail. I said it before, how long has it been since you have been in the house of God and heard the, the mothers of Zion travailing before the presence of God for a world that's lost and dying, for a world that is wrapped up in sin and going to hell? My friend, listen to me. If there were ever was a time when the world needed the saints of God in travail, it's today. If there ever was a time we needed to be crying out to God for our country, for our children, for our babies, uh, for the for the for the for the for the uh, primary school uh, and for the nursery schools uh, and for the daycares. Uh, it's today. Our children uh, are being attacked by hell. And who's going to make the difference? Uh, it's going to be men and women of God that will get. On their faces before God, and begin to travail before God for a nation that is lost and on their way to hell. Was the song we used to sing? We used to sing this song said, "Pray." It said, "Not long ago, I was walking along. My heart was so heavy." From the trouble I'd known. I hadn't noticed. The church that was near. Till a sound from within. Seemed to fill the air. They were praying. The sound that the world seldom hears. Praying. Their voices were pleading and clear. Outside in the darkness I could not see. But I could picture them down on their knees praying, praying for someone like me. How long has it been since someone passed the church and heard the sound of travail going out through the airways, saying we care about your soul? What's missing? What's missing in the house of God? What's missing from the body of Christ? What's missing? A burden. Travail for the lost. What's missing? Holy Ghost conviction. In many churches you go to today, there is no such thing as Holy Ghost conviction. In fact, they will tell you from the pulpit that we don't put that on people here. We don't believe in that. Uh, we just believe that you're already the righteousness of God. You're already good with God. If you make a mistake, uh, just, just say, I'm sorry, and keep on going. Because you, you're okay. My friend, listen to me. The Word of God says, uh, walk in the light as you receive the light. Uh, the Bible says that the Word of God, the Bible says, he that covers his sin shall not prosper. And the Bible says uh, that when we confess our sins, uh, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thank God for the conviction of the Holy Ghost. I would not go to a church that did not have conviction in it. If there was a conviction that came on my heart sometime, I would run out of that church and find me someplace else. Because wherever the Holy Spirit is moving in power, there will be conviction of sin. All right, I wouldn't even be saved today If it wasn't for the conviction of the Holy Ghost I'm telling you I, I didn't live a wicked, wicked life Like some But you know what? We don't compare ourselves with each other Wicked is wicked before God And lost is lost And I was stubborn And I was rebellious If it had not been for the conviction of the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't be here. Consecration and commitment. These are words that people don't even want to talk about anymore. What's missing? Consecration. Where you commit your life. Consecration. I consecrate my life to your will and to your purpose. I consecrate myself with fasting and prayer. I consecrate myself by separation. I consecrate myself. I belong to you just like Hannah gave Samuel to the man of God, to the priestess that I give him to the Lord. I consecrate him. I give him back to the Lord. Consecration and commitment. What's missing? Sanctification and holiness. Sanctification and holiness. An attitude today says anything goes. Attitude today says you you can dress any way you want to dress, watch anything you want to watch, listen to anything you want to listen to. The blood of Jesus covers it all. Where Where did that come from? The blood of Jesus wipes away sin that we confess. The blood of Jesus is not a covering for us to live in sin. Sanctification and holiness is missing from the house of God and I can't make every church live a sanctified holy life but I can set an example I can live it myself and I can preach it because it's the word of God be ye holy for I'm holy without holiness no man shall see the Lord fasting and prayer I'm talking about what's missing what's missing What's missing? Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. What, why is the emphasis to prayer coming back to this house? I'll tell you why. Because God's getting us ready. Because there's a last move, a last day move of the Holy Ghost and harvest. There's a last day outpouring. There's a last day revival. And God is trying to get us in a position where we're a part of it. Amen. And we're not on the side lines watching it go by. But we're a part of it. Moving with it. God gave me a Pam and I a word. And, and I, I remember going to this meeting and this lady was prophesying over people and she has been with Benny Hinn. She's been on national stages, international stages, kind all over the world. There's a prophetic voice to the nations. And I thought, man, if anybody would give me a good word, it will be this woman. If anybody could give me a word, oh, my, it's got to be this woman of God. And so she's prophesying over people. And she'd go, like, 10 minutes, you know, or somebody said, Lord Jesus, she wrote a book, man. She just told her, told, you know, I was like, man, get ready, Pam. I said, we're going to get a word from God. And then here she comes to me, Pam. And she said, stand up. She's like 70-something years old. Stand, stand up, young man and young lady. Is your wife? Yes, yeah, stand up. So we will stand up and here we go, Hallelujah. Oh, I'm getting ready for my word from God. She says, "You're not gonna miss it. You're gonna be in it." I was like, "Do um, we elaborate on that, maybe? <laughs> maybe a couple of minutes or so, you know?" <laughs> that was really about it. You're not going to miss it. God says you're not going to miss it. You're going to be in it. You're not going to miss this last day revival. Oh my. That means more to me every day. Yeah. Every day that means more to me. I, because the devil's tried to kill me. The devil's tried to take me out. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm not going to miss it. The devil will try to get us off on the side roads and get us interested and get our focus broken and get us all over on things that don't matter. But we've got to get our focus back on the things that matter. And we've got to get ourselves equipped and prepared and get ready for the move of God because God has told me, I'm not going to miss it. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and say, I'm not going to miss it. Say, "I'm I'm going to get there. Say, I'm going to be a part of it. I'm not going to miss it. What is missing? What is missing? What is missing? Miracles signs and wonders and healing and deliverance. What is missing in the house of God? Miracles. You want to see people come to church? Have a couple of miracles. You want to see people come to church? Have a couple of deliverances. You want to see people come to church? Get a few people delivered from demons. I'm telling you when miracles show up, when signs and wonders show up, when God shows up and manifests His power, people will come because people want to be where God's power is manifest. Lift your hands and say, I want it back. I want it back. I want it back. I want it back. back. Something's missing. And I want it back. Something's been missing in my life. And I want it back. Something's been missing in my church, and I want it back. I want everybody in this house, if you realize I've been talking to you today, if you realize this is a word for us, this is a word for you, I want you to get to the front of this building. I want you to lift your hands, poke those lightning rods up in the air, and I want you to call on heaven today and tell God I want it back. I want my burden back. I want travail back. I want my anointing back. I want it back. I want fasting and prayer back in my life. I want your power in my life. I want signs and wonders and miracles. I want consecration and commitment. I want sanctification and holiness. I want my passion. I want my zeal. I want my fire. Oh, I want it back. I want it back. He called up. Come on, lift your voice and tell him. I want it back. I want it back. I refuse to keep on going without it. I refuse to continue without the fire. I refuse to continue without the power, without the anointing. I want it back. I want it back. I don't want to miss this move of God. I want it back. I don't want to miss it. I want to be a part of it. I'm going to be in the middle of it, God. You said I won't miss it. You said I won't miss it. You said I'll be a part of it. I'll be a part of it. Lord, our church is going to be a part of it. We're not going to miss it, God, because we want it back. We want it back. We want it back. Ah. We want it back, God. Oh, Tons, thunder. We cut it off, thunder. We want conviction back in the house of God. We want deliverance back in the house of God. We want miracles back in the house of God. Oh, shut up. We want holiness as the standard in the house of God. We want it back. I want it
1: back. I want it back. I want it back. I want it back. I want it back, God. Go. Go. Go.
0: Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want it back. I
1: want it back, Lord. I want it back. I want it back.
0: I want my hunger back. I want my conviction, Lord, live living holy. I want it back. I'm Chris. walk in, that you find rest for your souls the old path <laughs> this is the pathway to revival my friend this is the pathway to revival this is where it comes from oh God's doing something. God's doing something. God's doing something. Somebody said something's happening. If something is happening. I'm getting uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, this kind of preaching makes me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I understand. But it's Bible. It's Bible preaching. Yeah. Blah, 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 it makes make the devil uncomfortable, too. <laughs>
1: Lord. How many ready for something
0: fresh and new from God?
1: Amen.
0: How many ready for God to do his same thing that he's always done in a fresh way in your life? Amen. Because what I'm preaching to you today is not new. No. Not new. It's as old as the Bible. Right. But it kind of looks new sometimes when we haven't been there in a while. God's doing something. I mean, we we'll just lift your hand and say, Lord, do it in me. And we'll just tell him, just tell him. Make it a prayer. Just make it a prayer right now, Lord, do it in me. Do it. Do it,
1: do it in me.
0: Do it in me, Lord. God, I'm I must make my life available to you, my heart, my home. I make my life. It's your life. I'm not my own. I bought with a price. Do it in me. Do it in me, Jesus.
1: Do it in me, do it in me. hallelujah.
0: hallelujah, 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 hallelujah,
1: glory, hey, hey. glory,
0: glory, shut up, see this is what the, when the Holy Spirit works like this, this goes home with you. Travail, come on you! <laughs> you might find yourself watching gun smoking and all of a sudden you start travailing, and all of a sudden your belly, you feel something in your belly, and you say, "Gotta go! Oh, I gotta get out of here! I gotta get in my room! I, I gotta get before God!" Let's do
1: Should I
0: say yes? No. No. something is happening god is doing something we are in a flow we're in a flow how many knows we're in a flow and god is doing something let's look to the lord all over this house today and let's just pray as we leave this place we're going to tell the lord that we're going after it we're not satisfied we're not satisfied we're going after it father in this house today thank you for hungry hearts thank you for souls lord that are crying out to you thank you God for this thing that you're doing in us Lord so you can do it through us oh Jesus oh Jesus change me and make me a world changer Change me and make me a world changer, Lord. As we leave this place, Lord, but not your presence, I pray, God, that you will continue this operation within every heart, within every life, Lord. Continue this work of the Holy Spirit within us, Lord. Lord, because we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We want to be a part. We want to be in the middle of this last day outpouring of the fire of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. She kids you love one another. You're dismissed.